I almost, almost don't want to bring this up. October's inflation numbers are out today, and I am sure it's bad news. So let's get Rabina in here right away. Here's personal finance expert Rabina <laughs> Ahmed Hawk, who joins us now. Rabina, how bad is it? Rabina, off to you to deliver all the bad news. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Um, it's uh, it's uh, bad enough that we're talking about it. It's 4.7% for the month of October Ouch. is where we're seeing inflation. And that is an increase from September, where I believe it was 4.4%. So we're at another multi-year high. It hasn't been here for since 2003, inflation. And the big driver, and this is uh, the driver being the key word, is gasoline prices up 42% year over year. And now the issue is, is that before economists were saying, well, this is just because of the pandemic. This is short lived. It's all because we're comparing it to last year. But now we're starting to see that these numbers are becoming month after month. They're only increasing. And so is this going to be our long term situation? And if that's the case, then the Bank of Canada and other central banks around the world will definitely have to raise interest rates to cool this out-of-control inflation. So how many of these items that are skyrocketing in price, you mentioned that gasoline is a major driver, but uh, how many of these are necessities? Are these, you know, groceries, uh, food, uh, that sort of thing? And how many of the other items are maybe, I don't know, nice-to-haves? Well, okay, so a lot of it is necessities. So gasoline being one. If you want to drive your car, you have to put gas in it. And I know that I get a lot of uh, hate on Twitter sometimes about saying drive less. But I know the reality is for some people, they simply can't. They've got a job they've got to go to. Their only way to get there is their car. They've chosen to drive a car that is a maybe a bit, a bit more inefficient on gas. But selling it and buying a new one is not a reality. So I feel for you if you're paying higher prices at the pumps right now. Uh, groceries, you know, it depends on what you're buying. Like meat and other items are more expensive uh, than local local uh, produce. So if you can focus on that, that's going to save you a little bit of money. And then other items like that come from Asia that are are increasingly being hit with supply chain issues are getting more expensive. Not uh, not because they're more expensive necessarily to produce, but they just takes longer to get here. So it costs more money to have a couch delivered from China to uh, here. So when it gets to the store, the store has to charge you more for it to make uh, and make a sense for them and to, for them to have some profit from that sale as well. Now, this was the seventh consecutive month. Again, the inflation numbers for October out today, 4.7%, up from 44 as you mentioned, Rabina, in September. Seventh consecutive month that inflation has exceeded the Bank of Canada's target, which is anywhere between 1% to 3%. So at what point, seven consecutive months in uh, counting now, at what point does this really become problematic, or are we already there? Yeah. What do, when does it become a trend? I think that's what the economists like to call problematic. That's their way of saying that. So, you know, it's one thing when you get uh, a bad, a really bad data or surprising data one month, good or bad. And then the next month, it's back to what we're normally used to. But seven months in a row indicates that this is a trend and that we need to do something, the bank, central bank being the ones that need to do something to cool this. Now, there is still some pandemic related uh, issues 
that are causing inflation. So number one, of course, supply chain, we've talked it to death, but it is the number one issue. It takes longer for items to get from point A to point B, so they cost us more. Raw material is costing more, so to build those items costs more. And then to transport, it costs more because of the gasoline. So some of those things may subside after the pandemic as we get more efficient again, as the world gets back to its new normal. And I think that we're going to get back to a new normal that's even more efficient than pre 2020, February 2020, because we are so much more techno- technologically advanced now. Uh, people, you know, who did never used online shopping or tap technology are all, all, all up to speed when it comes to that. So I think when we get back to our new normal, we'll be able to do things very efficiently. Uh, but, you know, when is the pandemic going to be over? I mean, we have to deal with the now. And if life continues to get more expensive at this rate, eventually the Bank of Canada We'll have to raise rates earlier than that mid-2022 target that we're seeing right now. And if that happens, what is the danger there? I mean, if they raise the interest rate, does that automatically cool things off? Will prices come down even marginally a, a little bit? And of course, the old adage is, you know, whatever move you make, there's an opposite and equal reaction. So what happens if you do say uh, hike those interest rates sooner rather than later and put it at 05 yeah. So immediately when you rise, raise interest rates, anyone who has a floating rate loan, like a variable mortgage, will be affected. So I am assuming that there are many people who are in big mortgages right now, especially in Toronto, the $500,000, $700,000 range that have taken variable rates that would immediate, immediately see two, three, four hundred dollars extra that they would have to pay. And that could mean not pay, you know, not going out for dinner as much, not buying consumable items as much, not doing, you know, not getting that new couch in your living room. And so that will help inflation over the long run because people won't have as much disposable cash to spend on things. But you're right. I mean, it does also affect people's ability to save. So even though you may be getting a better savings rate for the money that you do save, if you're spending more on your biggest debt, which is probably your mortgage, it's going to make it difficult for people to actually save for those big things like retirement and their kids' education and you know long-term things that you want to save for, like a big vacation. It becomes more difficult because more money is going out of your pocket. Yeah, so is that the tricky balance that the Bank of Canada, that's what they're, uh, you know, contending with here? Because, you know, you jack the interest rates or you put them up a a little higher and you're right, people have less access to money, they're spending less, and then uh, all of a sudden you do cool the, you know, inflation rate and prices, but you're also cooling the economy, particularly at a time when a lot of businesses are just finding their footing again. Yeah, and it's very difficult for um, the Bank of Canada to raise interest rates and say, we don't care about people's houses. We don't care about small business community that may, you know, have to take a loan in order to keep their business going because all those federal subsidies have now expired. And so they may, the only option they may have is to borrow to get themselves off the ground. And so, of course, that's going to have a big impact. They have to weigh it. I mean, we are in a record amount of mortgage debt in Canada because of what's been happening over the last 18, 19 months, particularly over the last 12 months. Home prices in some places in Canada are up 40% year over year. That means Canadians are borrowing more money to get into those homes or cottages or, or lake houses, whatever it is that they're buying, they're getting into debt to do it. And if the Bank of Canada raises rates, all of a sudden you might all of a sudden see homes back on the market being sold because the person who bought it can't afford anymore. So that will have the opposite effect on the real estate market where we see prices come down, which may be great news for some people who've been trying to get on the property ladder, but also for those people who have been depending on these higher uh, higher prices uh, for their retirement, for example, they're thinking, oh, wow, my home's come up so much in the last 20 years, I'm going to sell and this is going to be my retirement uh, nest egg. 
uh, they may not like that if, if the if the market cools quickly. Joined by Rabina Ahmed Hawk, our personal finance expert. I want to turn next, Rabina, to the West Coast. And of course, all of our hearts, it goes without saying, break for the disaster that we've all witnessed the last couple of days there, the loss of life in BC over the last couple of days. That obviously the most important. But there's also an economic impact uh, at play here as well. And uh, you mentioned this a second ago, but the supply chain. And uh, this just uh, adds to the problems when it comes to uh, the supply chain, doesn't it? It does, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the things that we use here in Ontario come through Vancouver. So they come on a ship to Vancouver, they go through that port, and then they're they're trucked across the country. So a lot of those arteries are washed away or destroyed. It, it, what I'm hearing is it could take months or weeks to, uh, m- rather weeks or even months to get those um, that infrastructure back up and running. And that means it may take that much longer for those items to get to us. I think that even though uh, we have supply chain issues that we can go without some of those things. So to have some compassion for the fact that people are losing their homes and so what? You can't get all the Christmas decor that you're used to getting in the shelves right now if that's the route that it comes through. But that's the reality is that it's only going to exacerbate the supply chain issues. Um, and we, you know, a lot of the stuff comes up through the states, but a lot of stuff comes through Vancouver as well. And so that is definitely going to be affected. And we might see a backlog again at the Vancouver ports because things are not going to be able to be cleared through very quickly. They're just going to be in a standstill. Uh, so people should brace for that over the next few months, just like the Suez Canal. We talked about it a while ago. Whenever there's a blockage and anything sort of is disrupted, it definitely creates that backlog that takes months to clear. You bet. Rabina, really appreciate the time and the perspective as always. Thanks so much for this and enjoy your evening. Yeah, thanks for having me. Personal finance expert Rabina Ahmed Hawk with us. And that does it for my time here on this Wednesday. Thanks as always for yours. I'm Jeff MacArthur. Have a great rest of the day and a good evening yourselves. I will see you tomorrow morning at 9 on the morning show on Global Television. And keep it right here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.